Neuroscience Frontier, a podcast of the University of Oklahoma Graduate College Neuroscience Program. For more content, follow us on Twitter at OU Neuroscience. Welcome back to Neuroscience Frontier. I'm Zachary Smith, one of the co-directors of the Neuroscience Program here at OU. We are here doing our fourth episode of Neuroscience Frontier, and we've had some great guests so far. We have a little bit of turn of events here as we have one of our co-directors as one of our guests here on Neuroscience Frontier. Dr. Sherry, my co-director for the Neuroscience Program, is a graduate of the University of Kansas where he got his degree in cell biology. He got his PhD then in neuroscience at the University of Florida, and he is here as an associate professor in the cell biology department and the co-director of neuroscience. His PhD is in neuroscience, and he has been a mentor for multiple students in neuroscience himself. And we're going to talk to him about a range of topics, including his research, what's happening in neuroscience, and we're also gonna talk about what's happening in our program, the exciting things, the merger of neurosurgery and neuroscience, and how students are learning on our campus. So Dr. Sherry, it's great to have you here, and I'm excited to talk to you about some of these topics. So Dr. Sherry, uh, great again to have you here. So just this year, neuroscience became part of neurosurgery at OU. Um, neurosurgery is now the home of neuroscience. How do you think this change will impact our students and enhance discovery in neuroscience and neurosurgery here on campus? Well, I'm really glad to be here. I'm very happy to be able to talk about this. So I think the biggest impact of that change is that it sort of gives the neuroscience PhD program a home, sort of a nice solid place where it rests and we can build from there. And so I think maybe the biggest immediate impact uh, is going to be that being in the neurosurgery department will allow us to sort of broaden the scope of what's available to our students. Uh, So it's not just basic neuroscience, it's just going to be a lot easier for our neuroscience students to interact with clinicians or other scientists who are doing sort of translational work that sort of stretches from the basic research realm to the clinical realm. And and I think that this is a a real area uh, where we can enhance discovery. Well, it's really interesting how neuroscience and neurosurgery could potentially coexist in education and research and how you can take concepts from the operating room and potentially tissue from the operating room and study it. Um, Dr. Dunn mentioned that with neuro-oncology, and that was our first episode, and then also Dr. Bidhi Chandani talked about it with genetics. Um, You you were talking about injury. Um, Any other areas do you see as growing and evolving in both neuroscience and um, having an overlay or interplay with neurosurgery uh, as we move forward, that there are going to be areas of advancement. Um, maybe the use of uh, computers uh, in, in studying synapses and, and, and different parts of that technology. Yeah, so uh, a couple of things uh, come to mind. And the first one is actually uh, developmental neurobiology and understanding how neurons and glial cells, the cells of the brain, um, develop and 
become the type of cell that they are supposed to. Yeah. So uh, the, the numbers and diversity of kinds of cells in, in the brain is just astounding. And, and so how on earth do we produce the proper number of each kind in the right place at the right time so that they can wire up and, and then actually produce the circuits that are needed for proper brain function. So I want to go back to neuroscience and neurosurgery. With neuroscience and neurosurgery, there could be advantages. If you're a student looking for a program, there's this unique concept that there's neurosurgery and neuroscience together. What would be the advantage for that student rather than just going to a pure neuroscience PhD program that's not affiliated with the neurosurgery program? Oh, um, so one of the big advantages, and this is probably something that's not necessarily real common across neuroscience programs. The way that uh, the neuroscience PhD is housed um, allows students and, and other faculty direct access to the clinicians that are in the neurosurgery department. And so we have a number of neurosurgeons who have their own uh, research areas of interest and expertise in addition to their clinical expertise. And so this is another tremendous resource that our students can then access. And so the neurosurgeons can actually serve on student advisory committees. They can help students to develop their own research. And in some cases, depending on what the research is, they may actually be able to help the student do some of it. And so students, uh, who are interested in things that are maybe more translational, that sort of bridge uh, the worlds of basic neuroscience and then the clinical practice of things related to neuroscience. Uh, they can get into that translational area and they have expertise from both sides available to them. So, um, and then we of course have a diversity of expertise within the neurosurgery department itself in terms of the neurosurgeons. We have people who, like yourself, who specialize in spinal cord. We have people who are uh, specialized in neural cancers, and we have some superb folks in that area. We have other people who are going to be um, expert in things like epilepsies and um, developmental malformations of the vasculature of the brain or the brain itself and a whole lot of areas that are, are really interesting in, in terms of the basic science but also really really important and urgently so in terms of the clinic and so this translational sort of an opportunity is a wonderful thing. And I, I can say that the neurosurgeons are extremely excited to work with uh, the, the breadth and, and depth and knowledge of the, the neuroscientists here um, because it's, it's the ability to, to really share ideas that, that makes it great. Okay, so Hunter Porter is also here. He's one of our neuroscience students in the lab of Dr. Wren and Dr. Freeman. He's going to ask Dr. Sherry a few questions on a number of topics. Hunter? A lot of people in academia have heard of this replication crisis where even results from the, the biggest labs in the country have failed to reproduce whenever they're tested by somebody else. And I, I'm sure this brings a lot of fear to graduate students, especially newer ones who aren't used to this, like you just described, right? We, there, there are failures and then there are failures to reproduce. 
So do you have any advice for these students and, and what the neuroscience program does to help students combat this replication crisis? So, uh, the, yeah, this is actually a really big deal, and it's something that any of a number of people may have heard of. I mean, it's made it into just, you know, newspaper reporting and, mm -hmm. you know, the evening news kinds of stuff. So there's lots of money that goes into doing a scientific project. It, science is not cheap. And so when you get results, you want them to be reliable. And, and so one of the things that's sort of at the core of science is that you can replicate it. It's not haphazard, right? So you design an experiment and you get your results and then somebody else should be able to do the same thing in their lab and, and should get the same results that you do. And, and so it turns out there are a number of uh, instances, uh, as you said, where this doesn't happen. Somebody else tries and it doesn't work quite that way. And there are a number of things that can contribute to that. So um, a lot of it is in the experimental design. And sometimes there's just not enough care that's put into the experimental design. So one of the things that uh, we do as, as part of the neuroscience program, and our, our mentors do this within their own labs, and uh, the GPIBS program, that is sort of the umbrella program that feeds into the neuroscience program, also has things on this. So one of the key things is that when you design your experiment, you have to actually think about all the different variables and things that go, <clears throat> excuse me, that go into the experiment. And how do you control those? How do you hold everything constant, except for maybe this one thing, so you can look at the effect of that one thing? And so there are any of a number of things that, that you have to really think about very, very carefully when designing the experiment. If somebody out here listening is, is interested in what it really takes to, to get into a graduate program and what do you really have to do when you're here, can you give them a, a sample of what actually goes into all this? Oh, sure. Uh, and for anybody who's thinking about neuroscience uh, as maybe a career or a PhD kind of a program, um, I'm going to put in a plug for our program right here. We're always looking for students who are going to help us brain better. Uh, so uh, if you're interested in getting into uh, neuroscience or just any sort of biomedical uh, kind of a PhD program, there are some things that, that you're going to have to have. Uh, admissions are almost always a very competitive process. So there are a certain number of slots that are available and a, a large number of applications will come in. And the total number of applications varies a lot from year to year, but all the same, you are competing with other, other people and they're, to get in, you have to sort of stand out from the crowd. And, and so important things is the grades have to be good. Mm -hmm. um, you don't have to have a 4.0 to be good enough to be a PhD. Um, so it, that's a fallacy. But you have, to, you have to be a good student. And you have to have the coursework that's going to set you up to succeed in whatever field you're applying to get into. So let's say for neuroscience, your background would need to include some chemistry, 
some biochemistry, some basic physics, um, fundamental biology needs to be in there for sure, uh, and and you know some advanced biology if you can get it. Uh, so in terms of, of coursework, you need that. Another thing that I would recommend very very strongly is some good training in writing. Writing is one of those things that will differentiate the quick and the dead um, in, in science as you move forward in your career. Um, it, and, and that's a writing, scientific writing is a big challenge. Uh, so if you come in with a solid base of being able to write and express yourself pretty well, that's a big help. So now that we've talked about this passion you have to have for research to, to get through everything, and, and you standing here as someone who's made it through the gauntlet and it's been here for a long time, I have to ask, did you know that this is what you wanted to do? Uh, yeah, actually. Um, so I'm an old codger. And so I grew up uh, at a time when there were all sorts of tremendous things going on in science. So I remember my parents allowing me to stay up late so I could watch the moon landing. Uh, back in what was well, it 1968 or whatever it was and, and so there was all this really interesting scientific stuff that was going on if there was a Jacques Cousteau mm -hmm. special on TV about oceanography they made sure that was on so I was exposed to this sort of stuff neither of my parents were scientists by the way uh -huh. um, but you know they, they, they saw to it that we were exposed to it and so I found it really fascinating, uh, all these things that people knew and were finding out. And so I was always interested in that. And when I got into school, uh, even in grade school, I always liked the science. And math and I have sort of a love-hate relationship. But, um, but the science stuff, I always thought this was really interesting. And so, along with being a football player and a doctor and an astronaut, I also wanted to be a scientist. And so, as I went further along, you know, through junior high and high school, the science still remained really interesting to me. And so, I went to um, University of Kansas as an undergraduate with the idea of actually getting into some sort of biological science as a career. Fantastic. Love listening on all these topics. This was our fourth episode of Neuroscience Frontier. We're looking forward to publishing this in August and in September we have Dr. Elliot on who's going to talk about whiplash injury and we're going to continue into the fall with our seminar series. So thank you both. interested in learning more about neuroscience and neurosurgery here at the University of Oklahoma Health Sciences Center, you can find more information at the Neurosurgery and Neuroscience webpage at medicine.ouhsc.edu.